0: There's nothing more precious. There's not a better feeling in the world than to be in the presence of God Almighty. And to go into that place and to worship Him. When words can't come out of your mouth, sometimes it's better that way. Because what we can do is we substitute the words that we think that God wants to hear and we just substitute it with a simple amen and praise before his throne of grace. We've been learning about praying. We are to pray up before all things. Right now, I just want us to continue to be in that same moment. So right here where we're at, we're going to sing that part again. Just the amen part, Jason. I want you to go on ahead. If you're here, just sing it. Sing it from the, from, from the most profound part of your heart. If you're at home, go on ahead and just sing it out loud. Just worship God right now. And I- For you right now, Lord, as we get ready to continue with today's service, I pray, Lord, that you would hear our cry out to you. Lord, we pray right now, Lord, that you would just be in the middle of this time that we have here together. I pray, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, because I know that you are working in the hearts of your people. And I pray, Lord, as we continue today, Lord, as we continue with today's word, Lord, that you would go on ahead and and use me to speak to your church the message that you want them to hear. Lord, that you would help us get rid of all distractions, not just at home, but even while we're here, Lord, just the distractions of our mind, of, of what are the things that are to come, what are the things that we need to do when we leave here today, God. Ready our hearts to receive what you have to give us. Open our eyes to see what it is that you want to show us, and open our ears to listen to receive what it is that you have for us. All of this we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. Lord. Let's give the Lord a round of applause Just some worship, some praise. You may be seated. <clears throat> we thank you for coming out today, and if you're watching us at home as well, we thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you to the team and uh, just for all, all of the, the hard work that goes into uh, preparing to lead us into this place of worship. My name is Pastor Lewis Roman, Jr. If you don't know me, if I have, haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, uh, I thank you for coming out. and. I hope that you come and you visit us multiple times to see if this is a place that you can make your church. If you're watching this online for the first time, maybe because someone shared this with you. It's not by accident. I challenge you to tune in and go on ahead and hear what it is that God has for you today as well. Amen. Just a couple of announcements that we have today is that we are on day 15 of our 21-day fast. How many people uh, are just really soaking up this season of fasting and prayer? Day 15, so we are pretty much almost done with it. We've got one week left, and with that being said, we want to invite you to corporately join us this Wednesday. We've been meeting every Wednesday during this 21-day fast. at 7 o'clock here at the church. Many have been joining us online as well, and uh, we're just at a time where we come and we just worship God. Really, there's no agenda. There's no sermon notes. There's no nothing. We get to come, and we've been focusing these prayer nights with uh, the sermons that we've been preaching on uh, uncommon prayers. Where we're focusing our prayers up, in, and out. And so this past Wednesday, we were focusing on our inward prayer. We were asking God to search our hearts. We were asking God whatever petitions it was that we had, we were able to kind of get together with others and pray over those petitions. And it was a very powerful time. So I challenge you to come out and uh, make it a point to, uh, again, be here in person on Wednesday or watch us online. And lastly, we, we're collecting of our tithings and offerings. For those of you who know already, if you're in here, we're not no longer collecting them in person. We're just urging everyone to go on ahead and just give online. Uh, if you haven't done so, all you got to do is text NL Mount Clair to 77977, uh, or you can visit our website and you can get set up to give that way. All you got to do is find Mount Clair as a location and go on ahead and put it into our general fund. Uh, we also encourage you to download our app. If you haven't downloaded our app, uh, do so because that's a great way in which you can stay connected. It's a great way in which you can go on ahead and just be even connected with our prayer and fasting. We have great resources there devotions, sermons, all types of material to go on ahead and help you grow in this season. Amen? So let's go on ahead and let's get started with today. Thank you, Jason. Unless you want to stay here, I can use the inspiration. The- you're good? All right. So we're beginning our third, seri- our third sermon on the series that is titled Uncommon Prayers. And uh, the reality is that we, during the season of fasting, we have been talking about the main purpose of fasting It should not just be because of a petition that we're bringing before the Lord. Uh, although it's important, and that's a, a many reasons why people fast, because, you know, they just they, they, they need a little bit more. They want to make their voices heard on high before God, and they're, they're showing God, God, instead of me uh, replenishing my body with foods or these other desires or wants that I have, I'm, I'm dedicating it to, to you. But the end goal of fasting should really be uh, to go on ahead and get closer to God. These are three weeks in which we use to try to amplify our worship and to try to amplify our prayer life, to get in a connection with God, to, to receive the anointing from him that otherwise we, it's hard to do when we are not in this season of fasting. The season of fasting is not just about the dieting. That's something that we should really be focused on uh, year-round. Uh, but this is, is a dedicated time in, in prayer. And so our goal should be in 2021... To be healthy, of course, uh, to maybe be better at our budgeting, uh, to maybe be better in uh, some of our relationships, but one of the main goals, if not the top goal, should be uh, to become so disciplined in our prayer life that God would be able to work in us and through us in some uncommon ways. That should be one of our goals, and so to do that, we've been trying to help teach something that is nothing new we haven't invented the wheel here with this sermon series but just trying to teach a more applicable way in which we can begin to really look at prayer differently not looking at prayer as repeating the same prayer over and over again not repeating the Lord's Prayer although that's a good way to start that that, you know Jesus didn't mean this is the way you should pray word for word every single night he was giving us an outline of how we should be focused on And from there, we kind of get a little bit of what we're talking about these last three weeks. We talked about that we should first, with our prayers, we should develop them with the up, right? That upwardly, when we begin to pray, we should pray with praise, we should pray with adoration, we should pray with thanksgiving to God, because when we do that, what that does is it grounds us in the strong and unchanging character of God. When we begin our prayers by worshiping God, by just telling him how good he is, Who he is, what he's done, what are we grateful for, what he has pulled us through from. All these type of things, they ground us and it makes us realize, wow, my God is a great God. And you begin to build a reverence towards him. And secondly, we talked about our inwardly prayer, how it's important to pray in. Because when we pray in, what we're doing is we are praying with humility and desperation as we heard the psalmist last week, and we're honestly expressing our needs to God, and we're praying for others in an unselfish expression of love. When we're able to do that, and we're able to see that God actually begins to answer some of our prayers, what that does for us is is it encourages us. And so why does God want us to pray for others? Why does God want us to go on ahead and, and do that? Well, that is an interesting moment and in transition into what we're going to be talking about today. Because to be grounded in prayer is outstanding. It's great. It's awesome. To be grounded in your prayer in which you're praying the up and you're praying the in, that's amazing. But God calls us to another element in prayer. We need this third element that we're going to be talking about today to complete our life in prayer. And that is our outward Not only are we called to pray up, not only are we called to pray in, but we have been called to also pray out. When we're praying out, what's happening is we're asking God to use us to love and to serve and to bless others with the truth and the grace of Jesus Christ. You know that another word for praying out, or another way we could put that is intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer is prayer for the needs of others. Praying for others is an unselfish expression of love. And so why does God call us to pray for others? Well, because praying for others, what that does is that becomes a reflection of God's own character of outgoing love and mercy. God wants us to be like he is. God wants us to do what he does. God wants us to be in the same uh, frame of mind thinking as he is, and when we begin to pray for others, what that does is it helps us to think beyond ourselves, and it helps us to grow in compassion with others. And some people have told me, "Hey, how can I how can I love people? You know, I, I want to love people more." Well, a good way to start is by praying for them, by praying for them, because when you begin to put yourself in their shoes. When you begin to pray and lift them up before the eyes of God, you begin to grow some type of connection that maybe you didn't have otherwise. And God gives us instructions in the word of God to pray for others and in several places of the Bible. Throughout the whole Bible, we see this time and time again. The, uh, the Apostle James, he tells us in James chapter five, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 16, he says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. So that you may be healed, prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We see here the Apostle uh, uh, James is is telling us that it is important for us to go on ahead, not just to confess each each other's sins to each other, which is important, but also to pray for each other. Why? Because prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So that means it's important to do so. We learned last week when the psalmist was talking and he's writing to God and he's, he, he's, he's praising him and he loves him. Why? Because God lent his ear down towards him. He heard his prayer and he answered them. So we know that prayer has power. We know that prayer is effective. And so we're encouraged to pray for each other. In another case, the Apostle Paul encourages us to intercede, to pray, to pray out for the Christians all over the world and for ministers He says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 through 20, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. The Apostle Paul says, in all occasions, always keep praying for all of the Lord's people. You see, the Apostle Paul telling the church, and he's also telling us here today, that we need to be constantly praying for everyone. For those that are sitting here with you, praying for them. For those that normally you're used to seeing sitting here, but you haven't seen them because of this pandemic, pray for them. Not only to pray for New Life Mount Clare, pray for all of New Life locations. Not only for all of New Life locations, but for all God-fearing, god uh, Bible-teaching churches not only in the city of Chicago, but all over the world. Pray for them. When you start looking at all these things, you say, man, I can see now why people can pray for a little bit lengthier time than my five minutes. And you start applying all these things in there. Pray for your pastor. The Apostle Paul says it. Right here clearly, he says, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Pray that not only just me, but every pastor, everyone that stands up in the pulpit would, would go on ahead and, and unapologetically preach the word of God for what it is in today's day and age. Another example we find is in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Paul says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions... Prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peacefully and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of truth. The Apostle Paul, once again, he says it in the beginning, that he urges everyone to go on ahead and, and pray for all people, right? But then he goes on ahead and gets a little bit more in detail. And he says, even for those that are in leadership. So What he's telling us is that it's not just uh, when we pray out, it's not just praying for our friends and our family, but also those that are in positions, those that, that we don't know. We're to pray for uh, government leaders and others who may not know that we even exist who may not have even asked us for prayer, but in reality, church, praying out is to pray for them also. That means we need to be praying for the mayor, our mayors. We need to be praying for our governors. We need to be praying for our presidents. Whether we voted for them or not, whether we agree with them or not, our duty as Christ followers when we're praying out is to pray for them, to bless them. Because at the end of the day, the end goal is what he says in verse 4. Or in verse 3, he says, this is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. That's why we're praying. We're not only praying that that they make better decisions. We're not only praying that they would lead countries, cities, and, and states well. We're also praying that they would know Jesus Christ. It's hard to do that when we're looking at someone in a negative way. That's one of our duties. Jesus Christ also showed great examples on how it was that we are to be praying out, how it is that we need to be uh, praying outwardly, intercessory prayer. He, throughout the New Testament, I can go in so much details, but I'll just hit a couple of them. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, this is a good one. He says, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. So now not only are we supposed to pray outwardly for our family, for our friends, uh, not only for our governors and those that are in, in high places, but also for our enemies. And this, is, this is a place where a lot of us stop. We don't want to touch this. We don't want to bless them. While praying out, we are to include those that we just don't mix well. Some, there's some people, let's be honest, that, you know what, I just, I just don't blend well with them. As Christ followers, we're not to, to exclude these people from our prayers when we're praying out. We need to pray for them. And I know for some of us, people have really done us wrong, right? Some, some people have really, you know, just really burned a bridge with us, per se, but we need to pray for them. While I was writing this I. I was quickly reminded, of, and I know I've shared this story with you guys before, but I remember one time uh, having to experience this firsthand uh, as a, just a regular Christ follower, as a pastor. I've read this passage. I've, I've counseled people with this passage, but uh, when it really hits home, that's where it's, tra- it's time to see if we can really practice what we preach. And I remember one time, uh, th- this was uh, in third grade, my, my oldest daughter, we had to put her into a public school. Uh, at the time, uh, the previous year, she was in a, in, a, in a private Christian school. But because of situations, we had to make that decision. It was tough, it was hard, but we had to do it. Really wasn't too thrilled with the neighborhood school, but we, we had no choice. I didn't want her to fall back or behind. So we go ahead and do that, and the first couple of days are fine. But I remember I would always be outside waiting for her to come out. Uh, and I remember one time, uh, again, this was probably within the, the first few weeks Again, in third grade, and I remember she comes out, and I see her, and so I'm waiting for her, and all of a sudden, I see another girl, her age, go ahead and grab her by the head and kind of, like, kneel her down, Uh, and then I see another little girl come and kind of punch her in the stomach, Uh, and right away, I got out of my car, I yelled out to the security guard and pointed over there, he looks, and he starts walking that way, I hopped over the fence, and I, I started walking right towards there, uh, long story short, you know, things got resolved. We went on ahead and handled it, and had meetings, and all of these type of things. But I just remember that day, my daughter coming home, and she was just very upset. She was very upset, obviously. Uh, you know, I was upset. My wife was upset. But I remember when it came time to go to sleep, I re- uh, remember as I was trying to think, I was like, "Man, the worst nightmares are coming true. What we, th- what we, what we didn't want is happening." Uh, but I remember having to sit down and say, i got to make a decision here. So I, I knelt down with her by her bed, and we would pray together as we did. And I, I said, all right, Emily, we're going to pray for uh, like we always do, but we're specifically now going to pray for these girls that did this to you. And she looked at me like, what? She says, how, Dad, how can we pray for these girls that did this to me? And I, I had to explain to her. I said, well, you know what? The, the, the Bible goes on ahead and teaches us that we need to pray for those who persecute us. We need to pray for those who hurt us. We need to pray for, for our enemies, and we can't curse them. We have to pray that God would bless them. She's like, what? She said, first we got to pray for them. Now we got to pray that God will bless them? I told her, Emily, this is the, here's the truth. It's not up to us how they're going to be repaid for what they did. Yeah, we're going to meet, and I'm going to talk to the parents and the teacher, but ultimately, when you do that, you give it to God, and God will handle it in the best way possible. That was a great example, and, and I remember she went on ahead and reluctantly she did it. She prayed with me, and I made her repeat some stuff as well. And I remember after a few days, one day I picked her up and from school. She's like, Dad, I think the prayers are really working because now these girls are nice to me, and they kind of want to be my friends. So it was Dad or the parents really let them have it when they get, got home. But we'll take it. Great example on how in our prayers out, we can't exclude those uh, that have hurt us. Amen. And back to Jesus, in the midst of his greatest trial, we see that Jesus prayed fervently. Remember when he was at the garden and he's praying, Lord, God, Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, can we do it a different way? He knew that his purpose of coming here and this earth to bridge the gap between a broken, sinful people and a holy, perfect God was that his body was about to be used as a sacrifice to shed the blood that would cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. He knew that that time was going to come, that he was going to die, he was going to be murdered, and he's praying for that. But yet, he remembers what his purpose is, and he says, Lord, let your, Father, let your will be done, not mine. Even at that moment, he was not just thinking about himself. He was tempted to just think about himself, but at that moment, he gives it up to God. What would you have prayed about if you were facing death and torture? It's fascinating to see what was on Jesus' mind as he prayed was not just for himself as he did in the garden, but it was also for his disciples, and it was also for us. And we see this also in John 17, verse 18 through 21. He says, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. He's talking to God. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they may also be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So here God is, Jesus is praying out, not just for people that he knows, which are his disciples. He's praying out for those that he will never meet that are going to be used, that are going to believe in him because of the word of his disciples. He's praying for them. He's praying for us even at that very moment, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Great example on how Jesus did not just focus on the inward, but by his words and by his prayer, he showed that he he, he wanted love. He wanted joy. He wanted peace. He wanted pretty much all of the, the, the fruits of the Spirit of God. He wanted that to be instilled in all of his followers. Because when he's praying this prayer for his disciples, he knew that his trial would be their trial. He knew that when he, the good shepherd, would go on ahead and be struck, as the Word of God says, the sheep were going to be scattered. So he prayed for them. He prayed for us out of love and deep concern. So Jesus Christ, just as we are to be intercessors for others, Jesus Christ is our intercessor. And you know why? what's so beautiful about it is that he can intercess before God the Father for us because he lived a human life of trials and challenges just like you and I. So he understands what we're going through. He's at our side. He can sympathize with us. He can sympathize with our weakness, and he makes it possible for us to receive the mercy and the help that we need when we approach that throne of his, of grace. And he wants us to learn to be intercessors too. He wants us to learn to be a people that pray out. He wants us to learn to be praying for others. And so how do we do that? How do we pray for others? As we've been saying, prayer is a vital part of our communication with God the Father. And in the Bible, it shows us how we can pray most effectively in a way that pleases him. So real quickly here, I'm just going to go through a couple of uh, principles that are effective when we're praying out. So these are things that we should be doing when we're praying out. And the first one is that we are to pray for others from the heart with deep feeling and sincerity. Pray for others from the heart with deep feeling and sincerity. But, I mean, it's just not a quick, hey, I pray for him, Pedro, Peter, Paul, all these. No, pray for them deeply, sincerely. What's a way that you can do that? The way I can do it is put myself in the shoes. If someone's going through an illness, man, put yourself as if you were in that illness when you begin to pray to God. someone's going through some financial burdens that you're praying for them, listen, put yourself in their situation like you were in their financial burden as well. When you begin to do that, you begin to put yourself in their position, and you can pray for them from the heart with deep feeling and sincerity. Amen? Secondly, we're to pray for others regularly. Regularly, not just once in a while, not just when you feel like it, regularly. when Jesus Christ taught, when the disciples told him, hey, how is it that we are supposed to pray? And he goes on ahead and says what is known as the Lord's Prayer. Jesus told him, after you go on ahead and you Tell God how great he is, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then it says, Give us today our daily bread. But we see there as a key word as daily. So how often should we we be praying for others? Daily. Asking God daily, bringing up others before the feet of Jesus Christ daily. We should do that every single time. Get accustomed to doing that. Listen, when you begin to, to, to customize your prayer life, In these three different categories, praying up, in, and out, you would be surprised, not not just about the length of your prayers, not about the length, but but how much more intimate that prayer becomes, and that's the whole goal. The third thing is that we should pray for others in detail. God knows everything, right? Sometimes I've been tempted to say, God, man, I'm not even going to pray about this because you already know everything. It's true. He knows everything, but in reality... He wants us to come to him with our specific requests because he likes to hear from us and he wants to know what's important to us. You know, the Bible goes on ahead and it compares our prayers uh, to incense. And and God loves prayers that are, are like sweet incense, beaten fine, as it says in the book of Leviticus. So when we begin to pray for others in our praying outwardly, I challenge you to begin to pray for them much more in detail. You know, I've been sometimes guilty to, to be in a rush and go on ahead and be like, yeah, I pray, for, I pray for John that you would bless him. I pray for Susie that you would bless her, you know, and, and just go down the list. And that's good because at least I'm bringing them up before, uh, you know, Jesus Christ. But in reality, I think God would appreciate a little bit more of detailed, thoughtful prayers. Uh, they would be more pleasing than just rush summary prayers. And what's a good way to do that? Sometimes we can forget. Or when when someone tells you, hey, can you pray for me? And when you ask somebody, hey, how can I pray for you? Or or, or even because you're just getting a sense of maybe what they're feeling like, I, I encourage you, get yourself a little prayer journal. Go to the dollar store, pick up a little notebook, whatever it is, and begin to write the names down of people that you are praying for and specifically in detail begin to write down what it is that you are praying for them. What is it that you're praying for? What I've done, is I've got a little black book, and, and in there I have names of people, what I'm praying uh, for them, and also I, I put dates next to it. I put dates next to them because one of the, the date that I put first is the date that I first received the petition and when I first started to pray to the Lord for it. And then the next date that I put next to it is when God has answered that prayer in one way or another. Is you know, that keeps me grounded and realize my God is real, my God answers prayers. And remember, as I taught you last week, answered prayers are not only yes prayers. Answered prayers are also no. Answered prayers are also not now. Those are all answered prayers. And so do that. When we're praying uh, for others in detail, make sure that you put a list down there, and it'll, it'll help you. It'll help you go down that list. The next one is pray for others with faith. Listen, don't just pray to pray. Don't just pray because you're saying, I'm checking, I'm checking them off the list. I prayed for them. No, pray with faith, believing that what you are praying is possible. Pray that what you are praying, you are, you are praying expectantly, uh, 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 expecting God to go on ahead and answer that prayer one way or another. If you're praying for healing, they say, Lord, I pray healing. But in your mind, there's complete doubt. And they are say, there's no way that this person has any hope. Don't do that. Pray with faith, believing that God can has the, uh, the, the, the power, he has uh, the availability to lift someone up off their deathbed if that's what he desired to do, if that was in his will. And so I do that. When I pray, I can get tempted to think about all the reasons why this is not going to work out. But when I pray, I pray, and I pray if it's for healing, if, I, if it's for breakthrough, whatever it is. But then in there, I also add, but Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What I'm saying, I have faith, God, that you can do this, but I also have faith that your will is going to be done above all things. Pray with faith, knowing that God has all power and loves the people that we are praying for. Faith reminds us that God knows what is eternally best for each person and that even if God does not answer the way that we want to, And even if God doesn't answer in the time frame that we desire him to answer it, we know that he has all the best interests in mind. And the fifth thing is, pray for others with love. Pray for others with love. You want to know how there's an easy way to, to, to make sure that you do that. And as you're praying for those others, Remember that the names on that prayer list that you have represent real people with deep needs, with deep struggles and feelings. And then consider that God loves each of them and He wants us to have that same uh, ongoing concern. So an easy way to start, man, I'm praying for this person with love is know that they're going through some real deep issues. That if they're asking for prayer or if you know, even if they're not asking for prayer, but you know that they need help in some way, you go on ahead and you pray for them knowing that they they have some real deep issue, they have some real uh, serious things that God needs to work with and also say, but this person also is a son or daughter of God. Godly love is totally unselfish and is the essence of God's character. So not only pray for others but pray for them with love. And the sixth one is pray for others feverently. Pray for others feverently. James chapter 5, 16, again, it tells us, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What does that mean, pray for someone feverently? That means when you're praying for someone or for something, whatever it is, that you're going to pray with passion, you're going to pray with some intensity. You're going to pray with zeal. You're going to pray for others with a desire to help them wherever you can. Where you're, When you're praying for that person, man, you're all in in that prayer. You're all in. You're not just saying, God, I pray that you would help this person with this finances." No, God, I pray that you would, you would help this person with their finances. And Lord, and you take it a step further, not only would you help them, but can you help show me how I can be a blessing for them? This might include physical help and encouragement. Sometimes it, you're going to go a step further than just praying for that person, but maybe you're going to write them a card, an encouraging card. Maybe you're going to call them. Maybe you're going to send them a text. It's not wrong, church, to tell a person that you're praying for him or her, especially if you know it's going to encourage that person. A habit that I have so many times is that when somebody brings uh, another person to mind, to me. Sometimes it's, you know, I I remember a few weeks, uh, maybe about a month or two ago, I I kept waking up in the middle of the night. I I would wake up, I would sleep for about an hour, and then I would have a vivid dream of someone. Woke up, went to the restroom just to be transparent and said, maybe I just got to use the bathroom. Went right back to sleep. I dreamt another dream, not only with that person, but now someone else. Then I woke up. And that it continued to happen throughout the night, and it was about maybe 4 o'clock in the morning when I realized, and, and I noticed my wife was waking up as well, and she was dreaming dreams with the same people. And I told her, this is, she tells me, what did you dream about? And I told her, and she tells me, I dreamed about this person and the same things. And so I said, well, we got to pray, because God is trying to get us to, to intercede for these people. We began to pray for them. We began to to pray and lift them up in prayer. But but all that to say is I didn't just leave it there. When I woke up that next morning, I wanted to make sure that these people knew that God had impressed them in our hearts and in our prayers. And I wanted to let let them know to help encourage them that, listen, we're praying for you. As a matter of fact, I couldn't sleep because God wanted me to pray for you. And it was super, super, you never know when you send messages like this what you're going to get back. But this person went on ahead and just laid out to me detail of what was happening to them. And it, was, it just was in par with the dream that I was having. And it was an encouragement to that person because they said... Because I can only imagine that person not only praying their own battles at home because of what they're experiencing, but knowing that God was listening to their prayers and loved them so much that he was also putting them in the hearts of their pastor and other people to begin to pray and intercede for them. Listen, this is all stuff that builds our faith and allows us and encourages us to know that our God is real. He's a good God, and he hears our prayers. And lastly... Pray for others occasionally with fasting. Pray for others occasionally with fasting. There's gonna be times where you're gonna be having conversations with people and you're gonna say, man, they're really going through it, man. They are really going through it. And just extend out and tell them, hey, I'm gonna, would you, would you fast with me? I'll fast with you for this situation. When a situation is very serious or it hits close to home, for us, for me. Many times we decide to fast, to help draw us closer to God and to present uh, our supplication to him so that he can go on ahead and begin to somewhat allow us to see it more clear or have answered prayers. when you can do the same for others. Because the reality is that sometimes you'll hear something from someone uh, and you'll pray for them, but that, that, that issue continues to remain. And so I would challenge you to go on ahead and say, hey, can I fast? Can we fast for a day? Maybe a day or two days for this or Or especially if someone's coming to you and say, hey, I I need to make a decision and I don't know what to do. And it's a huge, huge decision. There have been many, multiple times where where I've gone on ahead and I've told that person, listen, let's fast. Let's fast for two days and see if God brings some clarity. So not just for 21 days that we do this in the beginning of each year and never do it again. I've taught you guys that praying and fasting, fasting should be something that the Christ follower, a Christian, should apply in their lives 365 days. Maybe not every single day, but we should put it in our, our, our regular schedule. You know, we go on ahead and we put gas in our car every time there needs gas. You don't get your oil change all the time. You get your oil change every three months or whatever. Encourage I encourage you as you discipline your life of prayer to go on ahead and allow yourself and set yourself up to be used in uncommon ways by God that you would begin to apply fasting as a as a regular thing in your life. And so in closing, let us get into the habit of becoming intentional with our outwardly prayers. You notice that I I use the word intentional. Let us get in the habit of doing that, church. as We put a conclusion to this whole series When we begin to pray, when we look at our prayer life, let's start off our prayers in worship. Let's start off our prayers in worship. Sometimes what you got to do is you got to throw some worship music on. I'll be transparent. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I wake up every morning with a huge desire to, to, to just pray. There's times where it's easy. There's times where there's so much in my mind and on my plate that it becomes a little bit more challenging. But that doesn't give me the excuse not to do it. What that just means is that I've got to I've got to find some inspiration somewhere. And you know, for me, that's worship. I'll just I'll just I'll put some worship music on. I've got a playlist of the worship music that just hits. Like the kids say these days, that hits differently. I learned my lingo from my teenage daughter now. But it hits differently, and I put that on, and I just begin to instantly man just get into that place of worship. We got to do that. We got to fight. We got to discipline ourselves in this area of prayer. If you call yourself a Christian meaning you are a Christ follower but you don't pray, it just does, that doesn't add up. Applying this to our lives, this discipline. So start off with worship. Begin to worship God. Sing to the Lord a new song. Your prayer life, when you begin to pray, that's that upward prayer towards God that we talked about three weeks ago. Be grounded in God's character of who he is. And then we go before God. That opens up the way. When we're looking up, it now opens up the way to look inside. And we can humbly ask God for what it is that we need. We can ask God, God, search my heart, oh Lord, find in me anything that is offensive. Bring it up to light so we can work on it inwardly. Praying for personal growth, God help me grow. Help me be a better father, a better husband. Help me be a better, uh, a better child to you. Help me better be a better uh, brother, Christian uh, bro- brother or sister in Christ. And after we're doing that, praying in inwardly, now we begin to pray outwardly in community. We can seek God's peace for our family. We pray for our family. We pray for our church. We pray for our community. We pray for the leadership in in this country. Outwardly looking how it is that we can love, how it is that we can serve others. Try to make it a part of your daily practice that you spend time praying, not only to God, not only for yourself, but for others. To do this, I just challenge you to choose a few people that you know personally and a few people that you just quite frankly don't know. And begin to pray for them. Begin to pray for them in these ways with love. Begin to pray for them fervently. Begin to to pray for them in all these ways that I describe to you today. Even if you don't know them. You want to know why? Because you never know what God can do in someone's life through your prayers for them. There are people that will receive Jesus Christ in their life as their personal Savior because someone that they didn't even know miles and miles away from them were praying for them. Because prayers to God has, they have no boundaries. do ask that we rise to our feet. Just close your eyes right where you're at. Once again I encourage you to come on out or watch us online as we're focusing on praying out for others in our final prayer night of uh, our fasting for this season. This Wednesday at 7pm we'll be praying and worshiping the Lord for others this week. But right now the main action step that I want from you as you, as, as you have your eyes there closed and meditating on the Lord I want you to ask God, he he may already have been doing this as I'm speaking to you about praying for others. God may have already begun to put people in your hearts and in your minds to begin to pray for more intentionally. But I want you to ask God to bring people to your mind. Right where you're at. I want you to to begin to, to, to ask God, God, bring people to my mind. Bring them to my heart even if it's not today, but bring them to my heart and my mind within these next few days. And as God begins to do that, my challenge to you, church, is that you would focus your outward prayers on them this week. Make it a point that these people that God is putting in your mind, maybe they're co-workers, maybe they're family members, maybe they're your neighbors, maybe they're just people that just popped up in your mind. I mean, they could be anybody. They could be Celebrities, whoever it is, if God is placing them in your heart, there remember, no one is is secluded. Everyone is God's children in one way or another. He loves them. His desire is that they would come to know him. So as God begins to do that, make it a point to lift them up in your prayers this week. In each and every single way in which we discuss. Praying for their health, praying for their safety, praying for whatever the circumstances it is that they are going through, and most importantly, if they don't know Christ or have a relationship with him, that God would begin to work in their hearts so that they can be openly ready and willing to, to meet Jesus, amen? Holy God, we come before you today, and we just thank you once again for this opportunity in which you've given us. I pray, Father God, Lord, that you would be with us. I pray, Father God, Lord, that these words that we've been uh, receiving these last few weeks in the area of prayer, Lord, we pray, Lord, that we would apply them in our lives. Father, even if we don't remember all the details of what these messages were about, that we would just remember, God, when we pray to you, when we speak to you, we should focus on the up to you, The in on us and the out on everyone else. Let that shape our prayer life. Let that shape our communication, our relationship with you. Help this grow us in you and our dependency on you. We would just apply it in our lives, God. And we would make it a point to work on the area of prayer. Lord, I pray for your people today, Lord, that you would bless them, that you would be watching over them, God. I pray, Lord, that you would allow them to remember that no matter what it is that they're doing after church today or their work week or wherever it is that they're going, God, that you would always remind them, never let them forget, God, that you have have called them to be the salt of this earth, the light of this world. Father, that you've called us, your children, to be agents of change. You've called us to be difference makers. You did not call us to blend in, but you've called us to stand out. And so I pray, Lord, that that would be a constant reminder everywhere that we go, Lord. We pray for your protection over your people, Father God, as we get back to our regular duties. Church, I leave you with a blessing. The lyrics that we heard today in the Old Testament, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may the Lord shine his face upon you all. May the Lord be gracious unto you and may the Lord give you peace in Jesus' holy, mighty name. The church of God says amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. We love you, church, and we will see you Wednesday at 7 p.m.